The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast. You won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Hello and happy holidays to all our listeners out there in podcast land. Thank you for spending your uh, afternoon, evening, morning with us here uh, during the holidays to go through another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sidequels, mashes up and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties. Uh, And this time we're definitely going to be adapting one of your favorites of all time. It is the holiday season, and because of the holiday season, we are going to be talking about a film that is on my personal list and my guest's personal list of regular holiday movies that you absolutely have to watch every year. Uh, We're talking about the film Gremlins, the original Gremlins, and here to help me along with it is my my guest has been on a number of the Geeks Under the Influence Network shows. Uh, Tori Seip is here. Hello, thank you for having me. You were actually nice enough to suggest this movie, which I have been yes. wanting to do on yes. this show for a while. So I was very happy to say enthusiastically yes to this This uh, I love this movie. movie. It's my go-to Christmas movie. For sure. I love it. It is a originally directed uh, directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus. Right. So um, you've got a powerhouse right there with writer and director. And this absolutely has the, this original version has the classic Joe Dante tone to it, mm-hmm. which is like kind of demented, but really fun and kind of a really approachable for how dark it can be. Yeah. Like, you don't realize how dark the film is when you're watching it. It's only later when you're going over what happened that you go, oh yeah, there were people dying like all over the screen. Yeah. I think because it's the eighties and it's puppets, it's not super high stakes, but yeah, it, sure at the time it was very scary to watch it was a big summer blockbuster oh for sure yeah yeah and i am amazed at how my appreciation for this film has changed over the years not the lack of appreciation but why i appreciate it Mm -hmm. has changed when i was a kid it was just like monster movie yeah i was really into it being a really fun monster movie i was terrified of it as a kid honestly there were a couple scenes that definitely terrified me the uh the final scene of course when they're in the uh, the like home improvement store and it's mm-hmm. like it's down to like spike in him and it's getting really fucking nitty gritty and oh, hardcore. Yeah, with the chainsaw and the baseball yeah bat. that's pretty intense that wooden baseball bat would have broken in half, oh for sure like, immediately oh, yeah. uh and then there's also when he falls into the swimming pool and it starts bubbling like super hardcore just the mm-hmm. feeling of like oh shit <laughs> like this is gonna get really bad right but then when he's like going down in the pool he's like holding his nose (laughs) (laughs) and then he's just like it's silly but then it's just like oh crap (laughs) yeah this is gonna be really bad yeah so i i can't imagine how much time and energy it took to do all that stop motion and stuff they did with those Mm -hmm. those uh puppets yeah i know especially the scene where they're coming out of the darkness and it's just like a legion of them coming through sure i'm sure that was just like 
only like 10 puppets and they just kind of repeated i can't imagine they made like 500 500 puppets puppets. somebody that's like fingers just don't work anymore right like i I quit i'm done can't deal with this so uh, this movie i just about even anybody listening to a movie podcast at least has some familiarity with gremlins mm-hmm. and uh i would say spoilers but there's not really like there's not any real big twists or anything like the the no. good, good people survive they win in the end yeah dick and it's an 80s movie so dick miller's in it that's i mean <laughs> that's kind of yeah. how this goes uh so uh, what i do love about it is it is relatively straightforward it's got I guess a moral to the story is there's a hero in all of us kind of deal that that classic mm-hmm. gem. But is there anything of the plot line that you think in order to now are you rebooting it, remaking it, sequeling it? What are you doing here? Um, I'm doing like a a remake, and then the other thing is this is a fun thing. Okay, okay, yeah. So your take that you think might work if if someone was to remake it, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be it's a straight remake. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Is maybe, this... maybe darker. Okay. And also, you know, set in today with all the technology we have. I mean, that was one thing I was looking at too. Is that you could cheat and have it set in the eighties, but I feel right. like that you're there's no point that you can at still that make point. it small town, so sure. it's not like you know New York City. I found, well, That's... this isn't Gremlins too. Yeah, exactly. About. Exactly. I think it needs to be set in a small town because you want a little bit of that. Uh, the thing or puppet masters mm-hmm. kind of feel of like we've got to get squash this here before it spreads everywhere. Right. You know? So yeah, I think small town is kind of important, but you're, you're setting it in the modern day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I am as well. And that does definitely change some things about this movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to kind of dig into the plot a little bit. Now, um, are you changing any major plot points in this movie? Are you, are you taking out characters? Are you adding characters? Are you making some more, more or less important in the yeah, I mean, I think maybe in the movie making, um, you know, some of the... I mean, there's just so many characters. It's very much an ensemble. It, it, it's crazy because a lot of them have such important moments, but they're only on screen for like five minutes. Sure. So it's hard to pick like, okay, but which character should get more screen time? Which should you bulk up and... They're really good in this movie about having a large cast, but giving every cast member a chance to have that, that moment, you know, right, that, that exactly that's their scene. And, uh, yeah, it makes it really tough to kind of figure out when we have a, you know, seven or eight kind of max character list because, and otherwise this will be a four or five hour podcast. So exactly. Which yeah. I, we could easily do. on Christmas. Oh yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. All right. So, um, if, if you wanted to kind of touch on, any points that you have going into your version of gremlins or is it just kind of the basic idea, but a modern take, like how, how does the modern take change anything? Yeah. I mean, I think that would change a lot of things. I mean, you know, someone could be like on Tinder and then it's just like, she meets a gremlin or something or just something stupid. Like that's brilliant. I feel like just the silliness, like still needs, I want it to still be dark, but I still need the silliness. Cause that's, well, there's the bar scene where the gremlin like, has a trench coat and flashes yeah, and he flashes, but you could do that as like a dick pin that was sent via Facebook or something instead. I kind of, and then that. someone and someone like kicks him and is like, hashtag me too. <laughs> yes. I love it. I <laughs> love like, it. you know, I like, love that. That's ridiculous. like the, this is Sparta <laughs> in this moment. Of yeah, exactly. Kicking a gremlin for exposing themselves. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, with the cell phones too, I, I was wondering how that would even have a play in that. I mean, cause that does change how everybody's able to communicate with each other, but, Right. You can even have the 
first things that gremlins do is knock out the cell towers. Exactly. And then the joke of like, oh, well, so-and-so has a f- landline. Who has a landline nowadays? Kind of a joke. Sure. I mean, it would be the Futtermans, I think. Yeah, for sure. It had. It has Absolutely to be. Absolutely. It has to be the it has. They have to have like a bigger part in yeah, this. For sure. Murray Futterman uh, mm-hmm. was played by Dick Miller, who was in every 80s movie ever. Yep. And he had run across gremlins in the war. So he says. So he says. He's also a raging drunk. <laughs> and a little racist. A little racist as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Maybe not as racist in the modern day, but yeah, yeah definitely can, still probably fought in the war and, you know, you could make seen, him, seen some things. You could have him uh, wearing like a Make America Great Again hat or something oh, like no, that. Oh, no, I don't know. No, don't want to go that far we, with it. We can't go that far. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, uh, a gremlin could wear one, though. Yeah, oh, my God. No, that would have to happen. You'd yeah, have to have. That would be funny. Like a Trump gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> make America great again hat. Like he, like he's doing like a presidential announcement. But he's like swinging a golf club <laughs> yes. at people. Oh yes. my god! Oh my god! That's the thing uh, I love about this idea for a remake is it's so ripe to use as like parody and satire. Yeah. Um, on modern day, because you you can just have stuff happening in the background that mm-hmm. is not even paid attention to that would one hundred percent like be perfect for this movie. Like yeah. the gremlins hanging off stuff, just wearing a thing or doing something that just is a reference to, you know, I don't know, Kim Kardashian on Paper Magazine with the champagne bottle and oh, the, you know, or something. That, that is funny. Yes. It, just a bunch of pop culture references. Mm-hmm. And just for fun, and this is not even a character, but just like sitting in the back of the bar is just Ryan Reynolds drinking, <laughs> drinking his <laughs> aviation gin. <laughs> and just like drinking, yeah, drinking with the gremlins. But then they attack him in the end anyway. Oh, like it could be like the poker game where the, mm-hmm. the gun comes out. Yeah, and, and then they just shoot him. Just shoot him. <laughs> and that's it. There's no mention of it being Ryan Reynolds, anything. He's just yeah, there for like two seconds. He, he doesn't even have to be. He's just someone in the town. And I think he's one that would totally do that. Mm-hmm. He'd come in for like an hour and film the scene and then be done. Right, yeah. Be like, cool, you don't have to pay me. It's fine. I was on the set. On the, I was on the lot. Yeah, he's like, it's fine. All right, so yeah, mine, mine is modern as well. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wanted to go really with the big campiness, really dark sense of humor, kind of classic uh, Joe Dante, but with a modern kind of modern teeth to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as plot goes, I'm definitely making it more ensemble that it's not so much uh, the story about Billy and uh, Kate getting together in the end. I mean, that's yeah. part of the plot, but it's more so that Billy isn't the hero through the whole thing. He's coming to terms with how he can better himself to be, uh, you know, a hero in the situation. But so is Kate. She's going through the dead dad in the chimney story. <laughs> yeah. That is, has to be some version of that that's in this movie as oh, well. Sure. That you've got, you know, Murray Flutterman that is, you know, super PTSD alcoholic guy. Um, you've got, you know, Roy Hansen, the, uh, the science teacher that I feel like you really need to push him giving them more information about the gremlins. And that's one thing I want to mm-hmm. do is kind of open up the mythos of the gremlins a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Where they come from, you know what they are. And I think just the nature of the creature, they kind of have to be extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Like, because if they, if water affected them that way, like they would have already overrun the world. Like there would have been no way to like, yeah. Like it would have been 30 days of night. You know, but instead of vampires, it's just gremlins like hiding from the sun up in. That Alaska. would be the perfect place for gremlins to go. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So i 
I think they've got to be extraterrestrial, and you kind of work into that where they have so many sets of DNA strands, or, or they're not even DNA strands, whatever, some mm-hmm. kind of thing. The science teacher is way more involved with it. He's like John Stewart in disturbing behavior, <laughs> where he's like, "This, this is a find of a century kind of shit." Yeah. And uh, but aside from that, it's just a modern take on it with a Trump gremlin for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for your director, for your serious, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau is solid. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that he's a fan of this movie. Oh, yeah. He has to be. Has to be, right? Like, there's no way he doesn't love this movie. Mm -hmm. And he loves pop culture in general, so he would be able to pull from that well. Right. For sure. And, um, yeah, that's a great casting. Yeah. And I totally get the idea of the whimsy of it definitely comes through knowing the director. Yeah, he'd be really good with, like, the satire and the silliness and all that stuff. But still be able to do dark I want to have things. some heart to it as well. The, yeah. the thing he knows how to instill heart in even in a fun popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm into it. Uh, who? Let's let's go through your casting now. Sure. We've got the big player in the original, mm-hmm. uh, played by Zach Galligan, uh, Billy Peltzer. All right, so Billy, little Billy. Uh, I went with Noah Centineo. He is blowing up he is kind of a netflix star he was on a show called the fosters okay but i know him from to all the boys i've loved before and oh that's, that's one date. about the, the the love letters that get out mm-hmm. okay yeah and he's just kind of like you know he's in his early 20s and mm-hmm. a lot of people comparing him to young mark ruffalo okay and he's just like really sweet and that's the thing with like zach galligan he was just like this really like you know, young face, sweet guy, Midwestern, Midwestern. Just... And yeah, like this guy, he just, he's just like a really sweet dude. Yeah. And he's young. And that's kind of tough uh, that people this age, you're not going to get a whole lot. Very often actors that are like super well known at that age. Right. It will happen sometimes, but then you he know. is like, he's more, I guess, well known to like younger people i oh, guess sure. like yeah. you know the teen choice awards he's blowing up oh okay but i got you yeah I got you. he's not being nominated for any oscars or anything not like yet that. not yet no he's, no he's got a, a takedown shy yeah LaBeouf. he's he's pretty much like a young mark ruffalo okay he sounds and looks almost exactly like oh wow yeah okay. so he'll take the uh he'll take the throne of the hulk one day mm-hmm. overthrow the ruffalo maybe he's actually gonna be uh i think he's doing he-man Wait, he's not going to be He-Man. I think he is. So is this dude like jacked as shit? He's pretty, I mean, yeah, he's tall. Because Mark Ruffalo before, it, like even as the Hulk, he's not exactly like a hunky dude. Yeah, no. He's kind of stocky. Yeah, he's a, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be the new He-Man. The new He-Man. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'll, I'm going to have to look this dude up and be more familiar with him. Yeah. For your uh, Kate. Uh, Elizabeth the- Olsen. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I like her. Someone who's strong, but still soft. and Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because, I mean, Kate should be a little bit stronger, I, I think. I absolutely agree, and I'm, that's why kind of, instead of it being just the story of Billy, it's going to be more everybody has their moment to be the hero, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's about everyone, not just him. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Kate's able to come up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Billy takes a little bit of a step back. Um, then we've got the adorable dad played by Hoyt Axton in the mm-hmm. original that makes all the inventions. He's a salesman that uh, with mm-hmm. a ton of mil- a million ideas, but not really any of them work all that well. No. Super adorable. Uh, who would you have playing Randall Peltzer? 
John C. Riley. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm mad I did not think of that. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just adorable and yeah. And also the thing is like you root for him even if he's like not good at a thing. I could see him absolutely having that moment. Like he's just in like some junk store in Chinatown and just like is like, oh, look at this thing. Yeah. And he brings it back like, it's all be fine. Yeah. Just don't get it wet. I could totally see him with the shaving cream on his face being like, well, I'm, I'm not done with that yet. And kind mm-hmm. of like a little embarrassed that he hasn't been able to perfect it yet. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you just want to give him a hug. Right. Absolutely. I dig it. Uh, that, next one I got on my list. Uh, do you have a Murray Flutterman? Uh, Mr. Flutterman, yes. Um, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Wow. Because I have a Mrs. Flutterman, and I figured Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Why yeah, not? for sure, absolutely. But you know what's really fun about Kurt Russell? Mm. All the hero roles that he's played over the years. You can have gremlins doing scenes from those movies oh, around yeah. him. You could have like an eye-patched gremlin. Sure. Snake sure. <laughs> oh my God. And a gremlin with the like flip a pat from the thing. Like when they like when they like go into his house, like with a tractor or whatever. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, going to his house like... with a tractor, you could have somebody in that like tank top from Big Trouble yeah. in China. And it says like pork chop express on the side oh of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm super into it. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. You could have so much fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you got Goldie Hawn for Mrs. Uh, Futterman. Mm-hmm. Who else do you have on your list here? Um, I do have Mrs. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle, it, it, very important. Mm-hmm. She's kind of the villain. Yeah. Like, it, not the gremlins as much as they are bad guys, I guess. They're, I don't really see them as the villain. They're just animals, like doing Correct. animal shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Deagle. Um, I picked Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why not? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Jane yeah. Fonda. All right. Mm-hmm. Just being a total nightmare of a person. Oh, I mean, yeah. Have you ever seen Monster in Law? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where my head was at okay. with that. All right. Yeah. 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 Like, and the thing is, like, her what... being like over dramatic, like the scene where she's just like, my heart. And she's like, I'm going to get you. And then she's just like, my heart. Yep. <laughs> what I love about that is I, had mentioned to you how the reasons that I love the movie have changed over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I still love it as much as I did as a kid. It's just for different reasons. Uh, The character of uh, Mrs. Deagle, for example, I thought she was like larger than life, a cartoon villain uh, in this movie when I first started. Right. uh, When I was a kid. And then I started working in retail management (laughs) and realized that not only is this not a cartoon version of of that kind of lady, but that's not even the worst that it gets. No. Like, there's way worse than that. Did you ever notice the hours of her company, it, her real estate company? She works Monday through Friday, 1030 to 1115. Really? Really. It's like 45 minutes. She works 45 minutes. Jesus. That's why I love it. Like, if you look, if you watch the movie again, you read the sign, it's like Mrs. Deagle, real estate or whatever. And then it says like Monday through Friday, 1030 to 1115, appointment only. <laughs> Wow. That <laughs> when is I ridiculous. noticed that, I was just like. No, but I love that in the movies where you get the little Easter egg where it doesn't actually make sense, but it doesn't have to because nobody's really yeah, going to no pay attention. Yeah, like paying attention to that. And then eventually someone does. Some nerd like, is going to be. Like me. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, you're not even going to be mad about that. It's like, well, how can they stay in business if you know it's just an Easter egg for the big fans that watch it too many times? No, yeah, no. It's funny because yeah. it's like, that's why she sucks so much. Yeah, she sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah. 
she was the Joffrey in Game of Thrones of uh, of this of the Gremlins movie, where when she goes, you're like, yay, you're into it. You know, I don't really normally wish death on old ladies. But I know everyone's like excited that she threatened the dog. I mean, she said she was going to put the dog in the dryer. Yeah, that's so rude. That's pretty messed up. I get like, it. You like cats, but. You shouldn't be murdering animals. Yeah, I know, right? When you threaten the life of a dog, it's like, all right, well, if a gremlin kills you, I'm not going to be too mad about it. Yeah. Uh, who, who else do you have on your list? Um, I do have uh, the mom, Lynn, because I want her to have a bigger role Yeah. This. You know, because like after she has that famous scene in the kitchen, she's just like gone mm-hmm. until the very, very end when everything's back to normal. Sure. Like she's just hiding out at the doctor's house. Yeah, basically. Yeah. She's like, no, I had to, I had to microwave a gremlin. I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you make your own gingerbread cookies. <laughs> I am out. But I figured like the mom could have like a more maybe significant. But um, Michaela Watkins. Michaela Watkins. Yeah, she I'm, was. Yeah, like was I know on, the name. She was on SNL first season, but she was on. Uh, she was just in Britney Runs a Marathon. She's been in a lot of things. She was on Casual on Hulu. This all sounds like girl programming. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> She's been in a lot of things. If I saw a picture, I'm sure I would be able to uh, pull yeah, it together. She paid, do you remember um, when they did like uh, Hoda and Kathy Lee on SNL with yes. Kristen Wiig? She was Hoda. Oh, okay. No, I know. Who, yeah. That's all I needed. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. I kept wanting to say Yoda, but I was like, it's not right. <laughs> that's a different episode <laughs> of this show. That's a different. Uh, but who would remake the Mandalorian? Right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yoda must be so mad they cast such a younger person to play him in the in a sequel it doesn't even make sense <laughs> anybody else on your cast list or um i mean i have a couple people but i mean it's just such an ensemble that it doesn't really have to be like a whole like because there's pete who's famously played by Corey feldman yep and it's like does he have like a younger brother or does he have like a little kid sidekick like why is this like 23 year old hanging out with like a 12 year old it doesn't make any it sense. it makes no sense unless Absolutely. it was like his little brother then it would make more sense little brother or only other option I could see is if this kid lived like right next door. So they yeah. just like they have they he watched him when he was younger or something. Right. Or... I think it'd be fun to have like Gaten Matarazzo play him from Stranger Things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, Gaten yeah. is adorable anyway. Yeah, so. he's so cute. He's getting close to aging out though. Like he's right in between I mean, you the. You can age... make it older. You. It doesn't really. That's true. You can just be like the slightly younger friend that yeah. lives nearby. Sure. Sure. Why not? I'm into I, as long as Gaten gets in there, then I'm good. Yeah. There so. you go. Uh, do you have a, a Gerald, Gerald Hopkins, Judge Reinhold? Oh, Judge character? Reinhold. Yeah, I thought like maybe John Boyega. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. From Star Wars. Because uh, it was kind of hard for me to figure out who to play Gerald because like he's not actually a bad guy at all, uh, but he is a little bit more. He's just a douchebag. He's kind of a douche. Yeah. But he's not yeah. a bad dude. He's just, he's just a <laughs> kind of a douche. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was hard for me to cast, but I, I, I came up with my ideas here. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, is that all you got? Yeah. Sweet. I dig that. I think John Favreau is a fantastic choice. Um, mm-hmm. Going to bring some real heart to it again. Great cast list. Um, I went kind of well from the same universe. I also plucked a director that was known for being involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. And also it being more of an ensemble cast, I wanted somebody that could work the ensemble really mm-hmm. well. And somebody that had an understanding of comedic, and there's already people listening that, and you may already know who I'm talking about. Yeah. That knows how to do an ensemble, knows how to in, incorporate really dark sensibilities into a very funny, almost family-friendly script. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we're talking about the director from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, Slither, Tromeo and Juliet from the Troma days, and Super, along with, with a few other things. James Gunn. I had a feeling. Yeah. yeah. It was... I try not to use him as much as possible because that's one of those directors that you keep going back to. Yeah, sure. But it was just thinking about Slither itself. Oh, yeah. The notes of Slither are so similar to Gremlins. That is a really good... Oh, my gosh. That it was like, yeah, he's kind of already done a version of... good. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Slither, basically it's a a small town in the upper New England area, I believe. Mm -hmm. And like near Canada and this alien meteor crashes and there's a little slug thing that comes out and starts like turning people. It's kind of a night of the creeps uh, vibe, a little gremlins vibe, you know, just a foreign invader that they got to kill before it gets out of the town. Elizabeth Banks is in that, right? Yep. She's in it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker, uh, Nathan Fillion. And I do want to have like, I was really thinking about Nathan Fillion for one of the roles. And I was thinking maybe uh, uh, Randall Peltzer, the dad, but he's just not quite old enough. Right. I wanted a little bit older, um, or at least a little bit, not if not older, at least a little less leading man-ish, mm-hmm. you know, and there, so there just right. wasn't a role for Nathan Fielding, and so he'll just be, a, I don't know, the town sheriff or something, and maybe play, oh, yeah. play the same way he did as the sheriff in Slither. And then I it think just... it'd be really funny to have Jonathan Banks come back and play the cop again. Oh, from, yeah. Because he was the young cop. Mm-hmm. And then he's on Breaking Bad now and he just plays the sheriff or something again. <laughs> Amazing. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of getting Elizabeth Banks and Nathan Fillion um, to be in the film and Nathan Fillion playing the cop, but the cop's name is his character from Slither. <laughs> so it's almost like tying it in where th- they settled in this other town uh, after the, the events of Slither yeah. and then this shit goes down. And just just as a cameo, don't even have him as a major sure, part of, yeah. the, of the film, but I think that would be super fun to uh, kind of mm-hmm. sort of work it into the same universe. So uh, James Gunn, Billy Peltzer, my Billy Peltzer, I decided to go with a uh, Logan Lerman. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got that kind of like witty awkward guy but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty he can make the the saving play kind of guy he was Mm -hmm. percy jackson um he was in fury he was in perks of being a wallflower he's done Mm -hmm. a lot of cool stuff and he's around the right age now yeah for that Uh, he was born in uh 1992 so he's in his 20s so it's it's uh it's doable is it yeah 20s okay yeah. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I'm getting to the age where everybody's too young. My sister just turned 30 and it was 89. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So still in 20s. So mm-hmm. then for the love interest, I'm going for, for Kate. Uh, I wanted somebody born the same year. I wanted it to be, you know, they went to school together right. and, you know, this has been a longstanding kind of crush situation and actress that has definitely proven herself to have great comedic timing. I think would knock it out of the park is uh, Selena Gomez. Oh, would cute. be super fun in that role. Yeah, she could do that. Yeah, and she was also definitely able to do the, like, I can take care of myself vibe Mm -hmm. a bit as well, which I think, especially in a modern day take on it, make her a little less helpless. Right. Make her really murder the shit out of some of these gremlins on her own, right? Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, she's a bartender, (laughs) like, or or works at a a ratty bar. Like, she knows how to handle some shit. Yeah, like, the dive bar where all the drunks hang out. Yeah, she's used to holding her own against some, like, nasty drunks, so she can handle a couple gremlins. She handles gremlins on a daily basis. I know. Yeah. 
There you go. Absolutely. So um, then we've got uh, Randall Peltzer, the the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a gentleman that was in the film Super, uh, from that was directed by James Gunn as well. And granted, mm-hmm. uh, not that much difference in age from uh, Nathan Fillion, but. Uh, I just feel like has that dad vibe. You can actually age him a little bit further mm-hmm. and it would work as a uh, rain Wilson. Okay. As being the like gizmo making dad. I could. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, sure. I totally could see that. And just him play the dad as maybe a young dad. Yeah. Yeah. It is a small town. So yeah, people can have kids when they're young. I think more so in small towns for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely is a thing that happens. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, a year or two after high school, we'll settle down. <laughs> like you go to a big city. Right. Nah. <laughs> it's like maybe, maybe in our thirties we'll settle down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one is, uh, Murray, uh, the <laughs> racist world war two vet, mm-hmm. uh, alcoholic. It has to be Michael Rooker. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like there's, it, I mean, there's no contest. If there's, it's a James Gunn movie. If it's yeah. James Gunn, there's no other role that he's going to play. He's going to play he that role. he would be badass. He would chew every single ounce of scenery every time he was oh, on screen. Oh my God. He would steal every scene. And he if he's in. a little bit racist, you're like, but it's Michael Rooker. It's fine. Just make him play it kind of like he played the dad in Mallrats. Right. Just as like kind of a dick. Like you're not really into it, but. You liked Merle on The Walking Dead, so you would like him in this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because Merle was not, more than a little racist. Very. Very racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> wide open racist. Very. So, yeah, Murray is Michael Rooker. That's like a no contest. Then we've got uh, Gerald Hopkins. Um, that's the the friend um, and kind of douche uh, that was played by Giant, Judge Reinhold. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the role for Sean Gunn, James Gunn's uh, oh, brother. sure. And get him to be kind of like the awkward buddy that's mm-hmm. kind of compensating for how awkward he is by being kind of a dick. Sure. And showing off like how cool he is kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that he's not, which definitely a Judge Reinhold kind of move. Very. But, and then we've got uh, Ruby Deagle, Mrs. Deagle, the, uh, the crazy old bat that everybody was stoked about when she died. And I think I overcast this one. Because this okay. actress is incredible. Incredible actress um, and needs a bigger role in this, I think. So maybe just push back the death a little bit further. Have her just in more scenes. I don't know. Because this this actress deserves a, more of, of the a role than what uh, Mrs. Deagle was in mm-hmm. this. But I just thought she would be perfect for it is uh, Frances McDormand. Ooh. Yeah. If you yeah. haven't seen Three Billboards, she blew me away in that movie. Oh my god, she was what incredible! A great movie. Oh my god, I was I was super impressed by everybody's uh, roles in that movie, Gosh. but Francis especially was just amazing to watch. So I, I would be interested to see what kind of choices she would make with Mrs. Deagle. Mm-hmm. It, she'd have a lot of fun in the role for sure. I'd like to see her with like a shotgun, like shooting at the gremlins. Oh my God, just like taking down a bunch before she goes down. Yeah. You're almost kind of rooting for her by the end. Sure. And then like she thinks it's fine and then something will happen. Yeah. That, oh, and then she thinks it's like one of her cats that jumps down from something and it's actually like a gremlin. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets hit by the cop car. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yes. Ooh. Uh, then we've got my last one is uh, Roy Hansen, the teacher mm-hmm. that is trying to, that gives you a little bit more backstory on the gremlin. Uh, that's uh, definitely going to be a more important role. I want to build out, kind of maybe allow for an opportunity to create a world that these movies can exist in, make more than one, you know, mm-hmm. like really build out the dangers of this thing getting loose, kind of a little bit more. Roy Hansen, I decided 
for James Gunn, I think he would have a blast casting Ernie Hudson as the teacher. Oh yeah. And he's already got the mustache for it, so very true. Yeah, I think he would he would have a lot of fun in that. And also just a nod to being a fan of the Ghostbusters, you get Ernie Hudson mm-hmm. to be like the guy that kind of explains everything because absolutely he kind of does that in Ghostbusters as well. Mm-hmm. He's talking about like, have you ever read Revelation and kind of lays it down and they're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's the end days. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's my uh, my cast list for my James Gunn Gremlins movie. All right. I like it. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break to go over what's happening for the rest of December. Uh, from the Geeks on the Influence Network and friends of the show. When we come back, we're going to jump into our not-so-serious choices <laughs> for uh, the Gremlins, which always gets real wild. So stick around. We have plenty of things to keep you busy during the holiday season here in December from Geeks Under the Influence and our friends around town in Richmond, Virginia. So let's get to it. On the 19th of December, we've got Gritty City for the kids, some hip-hop of the camel. Then the 23rd, we are back uh, on a off week uh, from trivia normally the 23rd of December for uh, Fallout trivia at Fallout with Geeks Under the Influence then again on the 30th so we've got the uh, the Christmas Eve Eve trivia and then we've got New Year's Eve Eve trivia with Geeks Under the Influence both at Fallout then we've got Busky Comedy on the 27th of December with Carlton K at Busky Cidery. Uh, I was just at the last one. Tons of great local comics doing amazing stuff. Come and check out Busky Comedy. It's a great room for comedy and it's free. Then on the 31st of December, New Year's Eve, we've got the New Year's Eve bash at Strange Ways and RVA where you can get some variety show action, some burlesque, some sexiness and enjoy ringing in the new year with burlesque right meow. And I uh, might even see a few Geeks Under the Influence panelists and uh, and friends out there as well. So that is our list of things in December. Check your calendars. Follow all this info at GUIPodcast.com. Follow all our social media. And we'll see you at the events. <laughs> we are back for our episode on Gremlins uh, for the happy holidays. Uh, if you don't watch Gremlins during the holo- holiday season, then you are missing out. It is, I don't know if it's meant to be a Christmas movie, but it takes place during Christmas. Christmas has a lot to do with the set dressings, with the mm-hmm. music that's being played. I mean, there's a lot of Christmas in this movie, so... I think it's the same vein of, like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah. You know, it's just like... Is every movie that Shane Black has ever directed a Christmas movie? Because <laughs> right. everything he's done is based around Christmas. Well, Chris Columbus wrote it, and he's the Christmas master. Yeah. Like, he loves Christmas. For sure. He, uh, he well, Home Alone as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Home Alone. Yeah, so... I mean... Yeah. And he and he did like Christmas with the Cranks. Like he really loves churning out Christmas movies. Could you see a movie done by Christopher Columbus and Shane Black? It would be just, <laughs> just more Christmas than un, un, unreasonable amounts of Christmas. Yeah. When people want to watch Gremlins at Halloween, I'm like, no, get out of here. Yeah, that's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. I've got plenty of other movies I can watch during Halloween. I've got a limited number of movies that I want to watch during Christmas. Yeah, exactly. There are the... Hallmark or Lifetime Channel Christmas movies, and I'll usually end up like roasting one of one or two of those. Sure, they're so bad. Like that's not a they're good terrible. time. Terrible. It's not a good time, really. And it's the same story over and over again. You know, somebody has to go back to their hometown, their small mm-hmm. hometown, and then they meet somebody that still lives there that they used to have a thing with or used to have a crush on, and then they learn the true spirit of Christmas. Oh yeah, and and like they have like a significant other in the city that's a piece of shit. And uh, they're all so bad. I do like some of them, though. They're so bad. 
You're I know, so bad. They are, but uh, there's one with Melissa Joan Hart that's so bad. <laughs> oh no. She, what is it? She kidnaps um guy from Say by the Bell extra. Oh, oh, uh Slater, you're talking. Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. Good there God. we go. Yes. Yeah, no, she kidnaps him and pretends that it's her boyfriend and he she's like and even with his parents she's like she kidnapped me and his parent her parents are like oh that's funny oh wow that's terrible that's <laughs> really bad that's really awful it's so bad and uh, then at the end they fall in love anyway <laughs> actually an episode of smack my pitch up that we did last year that uh if listeners if you haven't listened to it it is a lot of fun where i had uh my friend becca come on to pitch an idea for our own version of uh a christmas holiday movie yes so they're not a remake or a remix or anything, but just a straight up Hallmark or Lifetime Channel Christmas movie style. Oh, it's so easy to do. It's super easy. I think mine was called like Silver Bell mm-hmm. and uh, no, no, it was a bell of the ball, I think. No, Silver Bell. I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever. Anyway, it was a woman named Bell, mm-hmm. B-E-L-L-E, and big, big time lawyer comes back. Her dad has a bed and breakfast in her former home after, you know, his wife died, her mom dies. Uh, he's been having a hard time keeping it up on his own, so he has a b- bad fall, and she comes into town to help out, even though it's getting down to the wire on a case. Mm-hmm. So she has to take a bunch of phone calls, and they're like, when are you coming back into town? You know, you know, the partnership is on the line. <laughs> and she's like, no, nah, but my dad. And then like her home, hometown like ex-boyfriend from high school is there, and he helps around the Airbnb all the time, and he's got a little daughter. He's widowed. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's you know he's a good guy because he, you know, didn't get divorced because fuck those guys. Yeah, <laughs> in you these be movies, a widow. In these movies, though, they have to be a widow. They like, have to be. They have widow. to be a widow. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got a little daughter. Do- he's got a little daughter, and she's like precocious. And uh, <laughs> precocious. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and she runs into her high school best friend that runs a bakery in town. It's always a bakery. Yeah, bakery. And like that, she's like, he never really fully got over you. You were the one that got away. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, ever since, you know, his dad got sick, which is why he didn't go to college and he stuck around. And, you know, dad lasted a few years and passed. But by then he had to take care of the farm or some shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, anyway, good guy. Uh, you should you should change your entire life and move away from your, you know, successful career here to be with him. And she's like, now. And then there's a big Christmas ball. And then she's like, has to make a decision. And her boyfriend comes into town, big powered lawyer. And mm-hmm. she's like, no. Nah. And uh, this is kind of like Sweet Home Alabama. Is this Sweet Home Alabama? It's sort of like Sweet Home Alabama. I'm not sure if I've ever seen Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> you don't need to. Okay. It's basically this. Sort of, just not at Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. I, I guess uh, I guess Sweet Home Alabama is a it, well, movie. It's a, well, it's a little different, but. Yeah. It's pretty similar. Okay. Yeah. But you guys can play at home. Um, if you want to listen to last year's hol- holiday uh, episode where we do the Hallmark and Lifetime movies, uh, come up with your own cast list of who you would cast in different roles as a Hallmark movie. And uh, it's it's actually kind of fun. You get mm-hmm. all the archetypes, you know. There's like somebody with a kitschy storage that's downtown. It's going to be like, I don't know, stationary supplies or like, gourmet cookies for dogs or something or a toy store or a toy store for sure yeah there's actually a another melissa joan hart mario lopez christmas movie where they have rival toy stores oh no (laughs) isn't that just you've got mail but it's bookstores (laughs) it kind of is yeah Yeah. oh and then they fall in love 
All right. Well, let's get back to... Uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, we are talking tonight about Gremlins. That is not a Hallmark or Lifetime movie. No. It's a little too de- demented for that. And we're going to make it more so by doing our remix versions, uh, where we decide to look at this from a different perspective. What would it look like with it? maybe a different tone, uh, a different soundtrack? I don't know. Just like totally different kind of style than how it was done originally. And uh, the director usually suggests what kind of tone we're looking at. Who do you have for your remix? So I'm very excited about this remix because as I was watching it, I was thinking this would be a great miniseries. Who does it the best? Ryan Murphy, American Horror Story Gremlins. Boom. Jesus. (laughs) So you get like the first sightings of the gremlins in town kind of thing and nobody believes it. Yeah, and and you make it 10 episodes. Yeah. And then obviously halfway there's like a twist and maybe it like goes to like new york or something or it's just like two different like locations or two different times which is too i mean there's always like a twist you can't yeah. yeah yeah can't have them like terrorizing the town for or there's like backstories there could be a whole episode dedicated to uh kate's dad's death like <laughs> you know like showing the sand like turns out that gremlin is what killed him <laughs> oh god <laughs> Like secret gremlins. Yeah. From the but past. I think that would be so fun to watch. That would be fun. And yeah, you can make it bloody and dark and oh, yeah, scary. For sure. and Okay. Yeah. You're doing like an American Horror Story style treatment to gremlins. Yes. Okay. I'm into it. Correct. So I'm, Ryan Murphy would be directing. Okay. I'm really intrigued on uh, the cast list for yours mm-hmm. here. So let's... Uh, it was almost like really easy to choose that cast list well, too. Well, because they've because... done everything. Correct. So, but I'm interested to see like who goes in what spots. Mm-hmm. Some of them were kind of hard. Um, yeah. So for Billy, uh, I decided to do Darren Chris. Okay. Who he was on American Crime Story, uh, Gianni Versace. Oh, okay. And he was Andrew Kananen. Okay. The murderer. Yeah. And he was also on Glee as okay. well. <laughs> you know what? I think anybody that age group was on Glee. Yeah. Like, I think half the cast of The Flash was from Glee. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I still wanted to do like kind of younger people, but it just was like hard. Like, yeah, because a lot of the people are already there's not really anyone in their early twenties on American Horror Story right now. Yeah, or, no, they've all gotten kind of past that age. Yeah, they're all like maybe started in their thirties. Yeah, and, so he was like a good okay like age range for that. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, who else you got there? Uh, for Kate, I did. Ta- I'm saying I'm gonna say this right. Taisa Farmiga. From American Horror Story. That's Vera Farmiga's sister. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. She was on uh, Murder House, Coven. Yeah. 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 Also in Apocalypse. She's like really cute and young and mm-hmm. tough and she's a very good screamer. So Good to know. She, That's what I like in could... a woman is a good screamer. Well, I mean from the gremlins. Not... <laughs> There's like, no, it starts out with just a really f- intense and like weirdly framed mm-hmm. sex scene. Oh God! <laughs> like but she could be like super emo about her dad dying, and and she, you know. the only way she can feel anything is fucking. <laughs> is that? Yeah, like I mean, like Murder House. Like she was just like super emo kid, and yeah, like, oh my life sucks. My life sucks. <laughs> like a lot of hair flipping. They live in a small town. Like you still have to make it a small town. Yeah, like for sure. Yeah, yeah. There was never a point that I thought that this should be cast anywhere besides like a small upper midwestern town. Exactly. You got to have snow as part of it. I mm-hmm. think that set the isolation up relatively right. well. You know, that 
this was already a town that a lot of people were staying inside. You know, mm-hmm. the, the roads were not like super crazy with people. Um, yeah. I, I like that tone to stay intact. And the part of that is a small town for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the dad, for Randall Peltzer, uh, I did John Carroll Lynch. Wonderful, wonderful character actor who's been in a million things. Yeah. On American Horror Story is Twisty the Clown and the uh, that, murderer. And then in The Founder and the, Fargo. I, Twisty the Clown Africa. was so fucked up. I'm not a big clown person. Any Anybody that knows me knows I have an issue with clowns. And yeah. so, yeah, Twisty was a challenge. Not just because of the show, mm-hmm. but also because of how many memes got posted on my page on a regular basis God! and the challenge of going to a horror convention without having being dragged over to near a twisty, the clown, uh, cosplayer. Oh Lord. Was a lot. But yeah, he would be a great, like he could be like a little more jovial. Sure. Than he normally is. Yeah. But yeah, he'd be a really good choice. I think. Okay. Yeah. And has experience with the, uh, with the showrunner. So perfect. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody, has been on American Horror Story that sure. I picked. Because, I mean, that's kind of what he does. He picks people. It's very rare there's, like, a new person. Well, it's kind of the premise of this whole show is that most directors have at least some actors that they work with all the time. Mm-hmm. So it makes it kind of interesting to just kind of plug their people in. Right. And see what it looks like. So for the mom, I needed to go. She's got Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, that's... Yeah. You can't do any. And then that would mean she would have to have a much bigger role. But when you stretch it out into like 10 episodes, you can do like. Oh, then it's not going to be like she just shows up for one. Like right. what they're estranged and she just likes broken back into the house to make gingerbread cookies. No, like she's going to be in yeah. more of it for sure. Yeah. Maybe like scenes of like them fighting or mar- their marriage isn't working. You know, like he's a failed inventor and. Or She's no, apparently a homemaker. The like problem is he keeps bringing home supernatural animals from Chinatown. <laughs> oh, like this no. is like the eighth time this has happened. So there was oh, like no. it was like critters once, and then it was like the troll two troll. Oh no! And just like just different some ghoulies once, and just every time. That like, is Jesus. another thing. American Horror Story has never really done like mythical creatures or. They kind of touch on aliens and asylum, but yeah. everything else has been like ghosts or. But the aliens weren't even really necessary. They just like showed up and they it's like, oh, were. also there's it was aliens. So unnecessary. It was so stupid. It was. But yeah, I think I think you should do it where he's just. That's a regular thing that he does. Yeah. So it's not even that she's like surprised at this <laughs> supernatural animal. It's more like, all right, this one's cute at least. At least this one's so, cute. Yeah. Jesus, what's oh this one going to do though? Does it like unhinge its jaw and eat the world? Like, how's mm-hmm. this going to go? Um, so Mrs. Deagle, I mean, Jessica Lang. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I would, I see how like some of them are a little more challenging than others, but yeah, there's that was clear like, choices. Like when I was picking Billy, like that was super hard, but then I was just like, oh, you know who'd be really good? Jessica Lang. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so immediate. It was like my Michael Rooker for, uh, for Murray. Like, right. It was like a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hell yeah. She'd be so great as like the town real estate. She would have so much fun doing that role too. Be so great. And she's still like Southern, even though they're in like, (laughs) (laughs) like, she like always has a Southern accent. Like no matter what. Yeah. It would just be so funny. All these like people doing their really shitty. Like she's going to like murder the dog and like, you just love her. (laughs) Amazing. So great. Sweet. Oh man. Uh, Who else do you got there? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Futterman. So kind of reuniting Six Feet Under, Richard Jenkins and Francis Conroy. Okay. Richard Jenkins has never been on American Horror Story. Yeah. I almost thought Dennis O'Hare, but he's still like a little too young. Yeah. 
and I needed someone like more like older in the shit. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and Frances Conroy, like, you know, she's just like, can be like that kind of like hippie, like, Oh, Hey. Yeah. Which we haven't addressed the fact that there is no way that that character would have served in world war two. No. (laughs) Yeah. Modern version. Now, granted, just pick another war. Mm-hmm. Like that's right. it's not uh, overly complicated. Yeah. And who else you got? Gerald Cody Fern, who has been an American Horror Story. He was, uh, he was just on the 1984 season. He's the blonde. He was the Antichrist. Oh, okay. In Apocalypse. Yeah. Because he's like kind of looks like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Just if you like Darren Chris, if you like, and he's blonde, so it's like an you know, brunette versus blonde. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could just, there's still be like be a million more people I could like drum out and t- talk about and cast, but. No, but I think that version. works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially yeah, uh, the other characters that he played in, he's playing against would be super fun to see. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a Roy? Is that the science teacher? Yeah. I did think it would be fun to have Courtney B. Vance do it. Okay. Because he was on. He was Johnny Cochran yeah. in American Crime Story. And I don't know. I just immediately thought like, oh, man, that'd be fun. That would be fun for him, too. Yeah, yeah. I think so. For sure. Oh, yeah. I, that's an, I like that. I like. Um, why doesn't American Horror Story do like a creature feature type season? I know. They really need to get on that. Yeah, I mean, it would be so much fun. They went into 1984, which at first I was like kind of into, and then I just kind of fell off. I need to... Yeah, I haven't finished it I either. Finished and it. now it's Christmas time, so I don't really want to watch. Exactly. I've got it all on my DVR waiting for me. Same. So yeah, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for mine, I just really wanted to see what it, this would look like uh, with maybe a little bit of a different tone. So I went with, what would it be like if there was say a documentary crew that was going around uh, getting a feel for what it's like to live in a small upper Midwestern town mm-hmm. uh, as it's getting ready for the holiday season. It can be something about maybe their holiday soiree thing that they do or something like that. It's like the feature. And so they're interviewing people from the bank and interviewing just around town when all hell breaks loose from this going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is kind of the setup uh, for so many movies by the director, Christopher Guest. Oh, that, uh, I was like, what would a Christopher Guest Gremlins movie look like? So if you're not familiar, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, Mascots, For Your Consideration. Uh, He was in This Is Spinal Tap, you know, and that very much kind of has a lot of his tone moving forward is that Mm, that mockumentary. It would be super fun for sure. And then just like with American Horror Story. You can kind of plug in some people here and there sure. as to I feel like I already know who your dad is just by you saying that, but maybe not. So Well there's a there's a couple choices that could have worked for the for the dad, but like I think there's one that works pretty well. But mm-hmm. we'll go through and this isn't all necessarily regular cast people that have been in Christopher Guest movies, but it's mm-hmm. people that would absolutely work well with him, sure. possibly. So we've got uh for Billy, Billy Pelter. I went with a um, maybe slightly older actor, but he can play young enough, and he's gawky, very awkward actor that you may know from Mascots and Silicon Valley, Zach Woods. He's the, uh, in Silicon Valley, he's the um, just gawky, like very, very formal gentleman that works for Pied Piper, that he's been in a million things as that role. But I've never watched Silicon he was, Valley. He was in The Office. Um, he came in late in later seasons in the office as this very well-spoken, I think he was the HR guy that came in like in the l- last seasons of the office. 
I'm going to say, okay, like I yeah. know what you're talking okay. about. <laughs> uh, if, if I showed you a picture, you'd go, okay, that guy's... Um, Probably, yeah. Tall, very lanky, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a big nose, uh, very speaks very formally all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, don't think I've ever seen him outside of a suit in the roles that he huh. played. Uh, but that yeah, that's going to be Billy. So very okay. awkward and works very well for Christopher Guest's version of this. Then go the total opposite side. Talk about like emo is I wanted for Kate to just this like brooding kind of hateful shitty version of Kate just to kind of counter the awkwardness of uh, Zach Woods is uh, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That'd be super yeah. fun to see, you know, her basically looking at him as kind of like this adorable nerd that she doesn't mm-hmm. know why she has a, kind of a little bit of a thing for him but she does just be a weird dynamic I can just there. hear her being like i don't like christmas okay yeah exactly <laughs> god it would be super fun to see her in a christopher guest film then for randall peltzer the dad uh that i had to go with eugene levy i knew it yeah eugene levy he i mean he's played a dad in a bunch of stuff before but he would yeah. definitely be the the dad that makes inventions that don't work Oh, yeah. Eugene Levy could pull that shit off super easy. Almost kind of like his Shit's Creek character, sort of. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, again, close to a no-brainer. The Murray character, or the uh, Futterman character, was difficult. Um, I decided to go with, you know, somebody that could kind of come off as a dick sometimes, but mm-hmm. also um, you could see possibly as a racist. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh <laughs> Great. But, yeah, but also you kind of are rooting for him, even though he's kind of a shit. Mm-hmm. So I went with Michael McKean. Okay. I had I, a feeling you were going to say that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Michael McKean. I love him. He's amazing. And he's been in everything from, I just recently watched Clue again for the first time mm-hmm. in forever. And he's amazing. In yeah. That. And uh, he's Shadwell in the Good Omen series okay. as well. He's been in fucking everything, including like tons of uh christopher guest stuff mm-hmm. as well yeah so i think he'd have a lot of fun as uh dick miller's character oh that'd be fun mr futterman yeah that'd be super fun and then uh going to judge reinhold's character gerald hopkins i wanted somebody kind of self-important somebody that can mm-hmm. play that role and although I, he's more known for being part of the wes anderson tribe i think jason schwartzman would have a lot of fun in uh in that role oh he's very good at that he's very good at the, the smarmy just oh yeah he would kind of a kiss up but also a real dick at the same time yes. yeah he would have so much fun and i love hating him but the thing Me is too the thing is that unlike a lot of character actors that play a shitty character all the time mm-hmm. i don't feel like i hate him as an actor because of the characters he plays like i know that it's just him doing his thing yeah it's never a point where I take it too seriously. So um, I guess that's a gift that he has. Then we've got Mrs. Deagle. And that's also kind of a no-brainer as well. Right. I had to go with uh, Catherine O'Hara. Sure. So, which has been a ton of Christopher Guest stuff. If you're less familiar with Christopher Guest, she was the mom in Home Alone. So uh, She was. That's the tie into Christopher uh, Columbus or Chris Columbus as well. Mm-hmm. Is that she's worked with him on that? Could so. she still have the same accent that she does for Schitt's Creek? <laughs> I'm fine with it, like... yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then finally, we've got Roy Hansen, uh, that was originally played by Glenn Turman. I wanted to bring in an actor that he's been around for forever, and he always plays very small parts. And I mm-hmm. would love to fill him out a little bit more in the role. Uh, and and he, he seems like a science teacher. Is uh, Phil Lamar? Okay. 
Yeah. I really like Phil Lamar. I don't know why. He just he seems like fun. a really like fun and nice dude. <laughs> and I could absolutely see him just become a regular casted person in Christopher Guest movies. Oh, he would be great in that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Hell yeah. So that's uh, that's my casting for Christopher Guest's uh, version of Gremlins. So we've uh, <laughs> we've done some serious damage to this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's do a little bit more. Do you have any ideas for mashups, things that you would like to tie together with Gremlins? This might be really messed up, but Elf. Elf? <laughs> so you just like <laughs> make this Elf story and the Gremlin story happen at the same time? Yes. What I would love is the snowballs fight scene, but with Gremlins involved. Oh, Would yes. be fucking amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. That would be, that would be worth it right there. That could be mm-hmm. the Elf sequel. Yeah. It's it's like a Gremlins 2, the new batch, meets Elf. And it's in the building that his dad works at. So he has to go yes. in to save his dad. Boom. There we you go. It. Yes. I He's love like, it. You're being very naughty. <laughs> right. I know um, I know some people that are getting cold for Christmas. Because then you could make the Gremlins like slapsticky like in the second one. Where they're still causing so much mayhem, but it's sure. not as like dark as the first one. Like they still kill people in the second one, but I feel if you it's do more that, though, ridiculous. You also at least have to pay homage to Die Hard, as it's another like so yeah. called where it's like Buddy the Elf in a vent with like a lighter, and we're like, oh, come to New York, we'll have a few laughs or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he's trying to get up around the gremlins or something, yeah. I think. Oh. Now I'm actually mad this isn't a thing that's ever going to exist because that would be so <laughs> fucking fun. Yeah. Oh my god. That the vent crawling is is great. It that would a, a clear needs to happen. And then he just goes into the mail room again, and then all the gremlins are in the mail room sorting mail, sorting mail, <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes dangling out of their yeah. mouths, and like headsets on. Right. Yeah. And there's like the business gremlin that's walking around with like the little tie that's mm-hmm. <laughs> yelling at everybody. <laughs> Oh my God, I want this movie so bad. If only I had the money for that many puppets, then I would just make it myself. I know. It has to be puppets. See, with John Favreau too, which was Mm -hmm. your director, if he did a Gremlins movie, he did Elf. He could do the mashup. He could do the mashup, absolutely. (laughs) I don't know if there's a way to go much better than that as far as a mashup goes. That's that's kind of brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking that much along the lines of Mentioning that this is a normal thing that the dad keeps bringing home supernatural creatures. Yeah. Having a mashup movie where it's like critters versus gremlins, like a Freddy versus Jason kind of thing. Oh, that would be great. Would be kind of fun. I mean, gremlins win every time. Gremlins would win every time, but also like my James Gunn, a slither Mm -hmm. versus gremlins would be so gross. Oh, yeah. But also if, you know, gremlins being controlled by the slither worms as well oh, like one of the slither gremlin oh yeah that'd be so gross it'd be so gross it'd be amazingly gross so yeah. i think that would be a lot of fun to see on screen as well so at that point uh we are gonna break into our trailers for our versions of i think i'm gonna probably go with the christopher guest uh version of gremlins uh which which version do you think you're gonna do uh probably american horror story american horror story yeah, okay why not let me get the music queued up Coming this fall, Ryan Murphy brings you a new installment of American Horror Story, Gremlins. Keep them out of the sunlight. Don't get them wet. Never, ever feed them after midnight. Darren Chris stars as Billy. Taisa Formiga as Kate. 
and pretty much everyone else you've seen in American Horror Story before. Jessica Lange returns as Mrs. Deagle. She's still from the South, and her office hours are 45 minutes, five days a week. <laughs> Things are never what they seem, and with this new technological era, how much havoc will the gremlins cause? And there's probably a twist or something, but it's a secret. Do not watch this in the bright light. Very nice, very nice. And smart, too, to mention, like, modern technological era, more shit for them to fuck up. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yep. Sweet. Um, I'm going to be doing, yeah, my Christopher Guest one. So I feel like, yeah, I, I think I'll make this short and sweet because there's, what I don't know, they stand around and talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I first don't believe that there's something weird happening in town. Oh, God. Are the gremlins going to be on camera doing, like interviews too oh yeah but of course you can't understand them so it's just (laughs) (laughs) and it will absolutely be like a reenactment of like a scene from a mighty wind but with Jess Gremlin (laughs) for sure and and spinal tap just for good measure or best in show and they have the dog oh my they have the dog (laughs) they have the dog (laughs) running it around that'd be amazing oh I'm into it all right Let's see, uh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> this fall, famous director Christopher Guest brings you a new vision of a holiday classic, Gremlins, featuring Zach Woods as Billy Peltzer, a small-town kid that is learning how to get along in the world when a little pet from his father wreaks havoc and destroys his band, that his folk band that he's in. <laughs> And there's other references too in Christopher version of Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you get one actor and Christopher Guest. That's all you need. There's a folk band. I don't know. That's people assume that if it's Christopher Guest that Eugene Levy's probably in it. So Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, well, Eugene Levy's in it, right? You're gonna, and even there's so many other characters that I didn't cast that any of the regular oh, sure. guest characters will have a role. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you just mentioning Christopher Guest and you knowing Gremlins, you know what this movie looks like. Exactly, it's completely laid out for you. Right. So, yeah. So you get a teaser. That's all you need. <laughs> is mm. I don't know. Zach Woods <laughs> is uh, is a uh, Billy. That's it. Zach Woods is a guy. He is a guy in a Christopher Guest movie, so he's awkward. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. And I want to thank Tori for coming on and helping us uh, dig into one of the greatest holiday movies of all time. I I mean, yes, I agree 100%. It's fantastic. If you've never seen it, which I don't know how that's possible, please watch it right now. I know that it is going to be running on AMC and a couple other channels during the holidays as well. Like Mm -hmm. I think starting this week sometime. So if you don't have access to... I know it's available for rent on Amazon and YouTube and all of those. If you don't have a copy, which I think everybody at this point knows yeah. somebody at least that has a copy of Gremlins somewhere. If it's not a Christmas movie, then why do they show it at Christmas time? That's a very good point. You know? So go enjoy watching Gremlins during the holiday season. Get all snuggled up with your uh, loved ones. Make some gingerbread cookies. And if suddenly do you hear what I hear starts playing randomly in another room, just leave. <laughs> don't go and see what the commotion is grab some flashlights yeah and uh and just get the hell out of there yeah and uh make sure that 
you know, if you get any weird creatures for the holidays, do not feed them after midnight. And that's the uh, best advice we could give you here. Make sure you just subscribe, rate, and review. Smack my pitch up anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other podcatcher apps that you use. We appreciate it and helps us rise in the rankings so other people can find this fantastic show. If you have an idea for a show in the future, hit us up. Geeks Under the Influence at gmail.com or the Geeks Under the Influence Network hotline at 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GY. We'd love to get your insights on what you liked about previous episodes or things you would love us to reboot or remake in the future. So, uh, yeah, we're more than happy to talk to our fans about that stuff. And, uh, yeah, this is not the last episode of the holiday season, but it's, I think, maybe the second to last before we're done for 2019. So I I just want to say thanks to everybody that made this the best year yet for Smack My Pitch Up. Um, we actually got in the top 200 on Apple Podcasts in Mexico. Woo! <laughs> Randomly, so... Awesome. I want to appreciate all our fans in Mexico that helped make that happen. And uh, and all of our other fans as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com <laughs> I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>